Welcome back. It's a Wednesday, hump day, the 14th day of February 2024. I'm your host, Mark Hall, and it's an interesting day for several reasons, including this one. Finally, at least a bit of good news. Exactly one week after a failed and ultimately even disgusting attempt, the House has finally impeached the traitorous Homeland Security Secretary, what a misnomer, Alejandro Mayorkas, under whose tenure, notes the Zero Hedge summary, more than 10 million illegal invaders and migrants have entered the U.S., doubling the existing population thereof. When it comes to military-aged males, of course, I think the real figure and ratio is far higher than that. And with a barely squeak-through vote of 214 to 213, lots of traitors in the House, as you know, Mayorkas is the first sitting cabinet official to be impeached since the 1870s, and certainly the most deserving. The New York Post coverage of the historic but arguably way too little, way too late event includes two articles of impeachment against the so-called border enforcement officer. And right there is reason for impeachment enough on charges of Part A, willful and systemic refusal to comply with federal law, not to mention the Constitution. He took an oath to that, don't you know? And what an irony there. And lying to Congress about the border being secure while they were, in fact, encouraging, enabling and even paying invaders to come on in. Mayorkas, as you hopefully know, even toured the camps near the Darien Gap in Panama, where the U.S. is funding roads, bridges, and all kinds of infrastructure to support the continued invasion from all over the world, including from communist China. You'll see this repeated elsewhere as well. Mayorkas, age 64, they say, is only the second cabinet official to be impeached in U.S. history after Secretary of War William Belknap, who resigned in 1876 from President Ulysses S. Grant's administration just hours before the House formally charged him with corruption. But he looks really honest by comparison because at least this fellow had the integrity to resign in shame. It's considered a foregone conclusion that traitors in the Senate will not convict anybody of any crime unless perhaps their name is Trump or they wear a red MAGA hat. But still, notes the New York Post, there are at least a few Republicans in the Senate, which is responsible for handling the trial, that are vowing to make the case for removal because it's so blatantly and incredibly obvious. Nevertheless, quote, there will absolutely be many, said a GOP aide to the Post, who believe this case merits removal from office, gee, do you think, and will actually vote accordingly. But he said since Democrats control the chamber, it's virtually certain that the vote will fail if, that is, Chucky Schumer, anti-constitutionalist and traitor from New York, even allows it to happen in the first place. The aide went on to note that there's never in American history been an impeachment where the Senate has simply refused to vote on the matter, he said. So if Schumer kills it procedurally without a vote, that in fact would be unprecedented. But of course, folks, so is the treason that we're seeing writ so large in the swamp. And they still take you for fools by blathering about the Constitution as if they weren't gang-raping it to death daily. By the way, while we're kind of on the subject, the walking-talking traitorous Chucky doll from New York told reporters Tuesday, I think he really thinks people are this stupid, that Biden's mental acuity is, as he put it, great. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. And he said the following, and I will quote if I can get through it without gagging. I talked to the Biden Fuhrer, and he didn't put it right there, you know, regularly. He said, usually several times in a week, his mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. <laughs> Unquote. And that, at least, comes closer to the truth than the great big stinking lie that he's not clearly senile and mentally incompetent. But if I even tried to give this scumbag the benefit of the doubt, at least on that score, he's a bit right. He's been that way for years. And when it comes to what this traitor thinks is most important, Biden is almost as much of a Constitution hater as Chucky. And perhaps that's what he's referring to here, because that at least hasn't changed. But when it comes to the big lie, 
It's clear that Chucky hasn't changed because he called any doubts about Biden's senility or uh, lack thereof, quote, right wing propaganda. But at this point, folks, for the final word regarding the liars in the Senate, I turn to famous liberal and constitutionalist professor Jonathan Turley, formerly of Harvard, who, quoting a recent survey, put it this way. Polling shows that 86% of the public now views Biden as too old, and I'll add one word here, certainly too senile, to serve sick as president. But by point of comparison, Turley goes on to note, only 82% of the public can agree that the earth is round. And as more than a few people have noted, the Biden fewer's mental problems are not improving with age. Oh, yeah, and also a couple of quick related items, one way or another, from the New York Post piece. Newly surfaced email, it says, allegedly helps prove that Biden was, in fact, and we knew this, in business with yet another Beijing-linked firm this time, while Joe was still leveraging his position as VP. And another story notes that an ex-Biden business associate says that China successfully sought, and we knew this too, to infiltrate and compromise the White Whorehouse, and that Biden, in fact, enabled, his word, CCP-linked transactions. Tell me something we didn't know, but that the press isn't still lying about. Part of the late-to-the-party rush to impeach the traitorous Mayorkas before the House of Representatives went even more traitorous itself had to do with a special election for New York's 3rd Congressional District, where you may recall rhinos removed Representative George Santos, who was never actually convicted of a crime, but was indicted in an unprecedented move by the so-called House Ethics Committee, what a joke, led by rhinos. And if you think I'm kidding in the least, consider the kinds of scumbags that are still sitting in the House that haven't been indicted by House Ethics Committee, including Eric Swalwell, the compromised bang-bang with fang-fang traitor who still sits on the House Intelligence Committee, for crying out loud, instead of a jail cell. And let's not forget actual criminal from, where else, New York, Jamal Bowman, who was merely censored by the House, a little key slap on the wrist, for the crime, if anybody else had actually done it, of impeding a House proceeding by pulling a fire alarm while there was a vote going on that he didn't want to happen. You can probably name some patriots still in the federal gulag from January 6th for far, far, far less and actually non-criminal alleged trespasses. So George Santos clearly looks more like Patrick Henry than Benedict Arnold compared to these scumbags who probably wouldn't even know who those folks are anyway. Perhaps knows TGP's coverage because George Santos was a confirmed conservative voting representative with a 100% rating from Heritage Action. And that, that, of course, put him out of touch with the New York so-called GOP and out of the House so that they could enable what just happened to happen. The New York rhinos picked what else? Another rhino to try to replace Santos, knowing full well that either way it would end up being a disaster. And of course it was. The race has been called, say all the reports this morning, and outright communist Tom Swosey won in the special election for the U.S. House seat there in New York to fill George Santos' spot with another leftist traitor. They picked another left-leaning rhino to pretend to be a Republican with a very questionable past. And a matter of fact, what history there is ever shows she was a registered Democrat. Maisie Melissa Pillip endorsed for her anti-Trump stance and the subject of scrutiny due to her obscure past, certainly as a registered Democrat, who wouldn't even say who she voted for in 2020, and uh, unclear background details. For example, her birthday isn't even known, not even her birth year, say some sources, so it's impossible to do much checking on her, but that at least fits the pattern. And she was able to sandbag the seat to the socialists, losing a genuine Republican seat in a very leftist state by a literal landslide. 
Following the humiliating loss for any kind of a constitutional republic, George Santos himself issued this statement saying that I won New York's third with zero super PAC money, zero CLF money, and zero establishment money. And tonight, the establishment set 10 million bucks on fire. I flipped, he said, a 23-year blue seat with the help of grassroots activists and by activating the base with retail politics. And as a result, he said, because New York 3 is MAGA country, and since MAGA was disrespected, MAGA stayed home. For his part, the actually elected President Trump issued what the Gateway Pundit called a scathing response to Pillip's defeat. He called her a foolish choice by the New York State Party to begin with suggesting her failure to fully embrace him, she was anti-Trump, of course, as well as the MAGA movement, led to a lack of enthusiasm, to put it mildly, among Republican voters. And he put it this way, quote, Republicans just don't learn, but maybe she was still a Democrat. And isn't this interesting, folks? I guess it proves one thing. The establishment doesn't actually have to rig the election if they just throw it to begin with. Oh, yeah. And while we're at it, one more case in point that also helped prove why the 17th Amendment was such a disaster and helped to destroy what was left then in 1913 of the Constitution for these United States. Recall the latest Senate sellout, 95 plus billion bucks for aid to anybody except the United States and the foreign invasion from the South. Passed while most Americans say every bit of coverage I've seen were fast asleep or were watching the uh, Super Bowl. And that, too, speaks volumes. The final vote was 70 to 29, with 22 different rhino sellouts voting to, uh, well, to put it charitably, put America last. One of the most notorious was Mitch McConnell's sidekick, Texas Senator Sick John Cornyn, who was blasted by a number of people, including the Texas Attorney General himself impeached for daring to defend the Constitution and the borders because of his inexcusable vote. His act of treason is the proper way to put it, folks, to send American taxpayer dollars to foreign sinkholes while the country was being invaded. An American update on the idea of Nero's fiddling while Rome burns. Wrote Ken Paxton, this is a question all Texans should be asking. Unbelievable that John Cornyn would stay up all night to defend the borders of other countries, but not America's. Well, without question, it certainly clarifies their priorities. Here's another interesting sign of the time story. Sometimes, folks, it's difficult to know whether the tip of the woke spear is the left coast or maybe no longer Great Britain, which, says Infowars, has just come out and labeled various famous authors in their history, which they're attempting to expunge, like George Orwell, Aldous Huxley, and William Shakespeare, extremists. Because there is English literature out there, at least for now, that might end up serving as potential triggers for what they now call right-wing extremism. Maybe it's a good thing that books like Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451 weren't written by Brits. Meanwhile, though, hopefully there's at least a few of us Americans that still have copies of books like 1984, Julius Caesar, and Hamlet. Are we at least beginning to understand what the scale and scope of this war really is? Here's another log on that fire. Hordes of illegal immigrants are seen traveling now out of Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport on red-eye flights last week. Some airline employees are sick and tired of it, fed up with the Biden border invasion after more than 10 million illegals have not only been led into the country, but given free everything, including transportation to meet up with their cells and military units at the expense of what were once free Americans. One Border Patrol agent at Lukeville, Arizona, told the Gateway Pundit that illegals from all over the world turn themselves in at the ports of entry because they know they're going to get a free pass, in more ways than one, on Biden's invitation. 
Quote, it doesn't matter, said the agent, because then they're transported to housing facilities operated by globalist nonprofits like Catholic Community Services Casa Alitas in Arizona, after which they're taken to bus terminals and airports and flown all over the country to, uh, well, do whatever it is that they came here to do. While they don't have to worry about court dates because they're years out in the future. And you know what a joke those circuses are already. And all funded by American, uh, well, dupes or uh, taxpayers. Gate agents, the Sky Harbor Airport told the Gateway Pundit, quote, they're going to New York and they're going to Chicago because they get free housing and they get free assistance. Think about it, folks. They live far better than many vets in Atlanta or San Francisco. And as you already know, they don't have to go through the same kind of invasive security because, no, Big Brother isn't at all concerned that these terrorists might do something that would be untoward. So the TSA agents, we're getting swamped because they're coming in, they're flying, and TSA, quote, doesn't really know what's going on. The cartels are taking advantage. The invaders, he said, just know they have to get there, and we have to help them. Some of them don't have food. Some of them smell really bad. They don't have basic hygiene. It's really bad. He said it's just bad overall. And that, folks, is before we see exactly what they're intending to do once they get here and join up with their cells. Another one from Jim Hofton, the Gateway Pundit. Recently, he says, investigative journalist Yehuda Miller reviewed a number of FOIA documents that have completely reshaped what we were told. And yes, we know they were lying, but now we have more evidence. What we were told to believe about the U.S. 2020 presidential election. Sick. We'll be publishing, said Hoft, a number of these explosive documents over coming days. But the election was billed by the Democrat Party, Joe Biden, the Waystream Media, and former CISA chief, Chris Krebs as the most secure election in U.S. history. Well, most secure that is if you're pushing a communist takeover. The documents prove, he continues, that statements made by Chris Krebs under oath were certainly false and that he clearly knew those statements were uh, not accurate. Today we're releasing information on one of them, a secret 2020 Election Day phone call organized by CISA, the so-called Cybersecurity Unt Infrastructure Security Agency, which bills itself as the operational lead for federal cybersecurity, i.e. rigging elections, it would seem, and the national coordinator for critical infrastructure security, don't you feel safer already, and resilience. However, since its founding, CISA has morphed into something much more sinister and politicized. Who could have thought it? Founded in 2018, says the piece, CISA was originally intended to be an ancillary agency designed to, quote, protect critical infrastructure and guard against cybersecurity threats. What's happened, and we know about it for even longer than that, folks, is back doors have been built in for evil entities like no such agency, and they have been exploited, as you might have figured, and anybody with half a brain certainly did, for exactly this purpose. In the years since its creation, says Jim Hoft, CISA has metastasized into the nerve center of the FedGov's domestic surveillance und censorship operations on socialist media. By 2020, they were routinely reporting social media posts that allegedly spread what they call disinformation to socialist media platforms. By 2021, CISA had formed a mis, dis, and mal-information MDM team Orwell would be proud. And in 2022 and 3, in response to growing public and private criticism of their, uh, well, treason and unconstitutional behavior, CISA attempted to camouflage their activities, dupliciously claiming it serves a purely informational role, which means making sure you don't have any. And as Hoff points out, he, along with TGP, is currently the lead plaintiff in a Missouri-Louisiana combo v. Joe Biden lawsuit that is heading to the Supreme Court come this March where the plaintiffs are challenging the Biden regime's censorship apparatus, arguing that the FedGov cannot, at least wasn't supposed to, infringe on the free speech of Americans. 
And they point out CISA is central to that federal government censorship system. Today, he says, we now have evidence that a private meeting was organized by CISA officials on November 3rd, 2020. And you know what happened after that. At 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, with select members of a secret election security initiative. Unt, the exclusive meeting of CISA officials and their exclusive election partners, was held late in the afternoon on Election Day, reportedly lasting for a half hour. And the list of people participating includes 200 names of individuals, government entities, private businesses, media outlets, and at least one tech giant. People like Dominion. Hey, there's a name you ought to know. Eric Systems, ES&S, Amazon, Runbeck, Microsoft, oops, they spelled it wrong, Seitel, and several Secretary of State offices, along with the AP, Amazon, and other leftist groups. It should be noted, adds the piece, that although a whole bunch of leftists were included on the list, not a single conservative organization seems to have been included in the call. And there's more, actually a lot more, but you certainly understand the bottom line. And just so there's no doubt, Gateway Pundit offers a brief summary. The report reveals collusion between the U.S. government, including the FBI, DOJ, EAC, and CISA, with various progressive groups and individuals fueled by progressive money related to U.S. elections, like the Elections Group, CTCL, and Brennan Center, along with individuals from U.S. corporations like Microsoft. And we certainly know that CISA has continued to censor conservative content online since 2021 after the Biden fuhrer was installed in the White Whorehouse. Finally, one more bit of old news that's somehow or other new again, authored by Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutenberg via public substack. And it says that the CIA, who could have thought it, had various foreign allies spy on Team Trump. And who could have imagined this actually triggered the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax, according to various sources. Last year begins, John Durham, special prosecutor for the Department of Just Us, concluded that the FBI should never have opened its bogus investigation of alleged collusion by then-presidential candidate Donald J. Trump and Russia, Russia, Russia in late July 2016. But now, multiple credible sources tell public and racket that the U.S. intelligence community, sick, including the CIA, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. And, say the authors, this new information fills many gaps in our understanding of the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax and is supported by testimony already in the public record. And you probably know the name, too. At least one of the operations was called Crossfire Hurricane. I won't repeat what you already know and what's already been debunked. I was born but the bottom line is, as they put it, pretty clear. If the top secret documents exist proving these charges, they are also proof that multiple U.S. intelligence officials, sick broke various laws against spying and election interference. And uh, ultimately, folks, you could argue that constitutes making war on the states and the people of this once free republic and would therefore be treasonous. Let's wrap up today with a bit from the Wayback Machine from September of 2022 with a speech that even the leftist Daily Mail said, and this is in their headline, folks, doubles down on the hatred. Yeah, they hate MAGA and anything associated with the Bill of Rights and rule of law. While the senile puppet in the White House claimed anybody who supports Trump is not just a domestic terrorist or white supremacist anymore, but are so extreme that they, quote, threaten the very foundations of our republic. As if now he's discovered that new word. This may have been the most evil speech ever delivered in American history. And again, right in front of the place where America began, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, the Biden fewer 
did his satanic damnedest to end it. The brief summary here is that the whole speech literally calls evil good and good evil. They're the ones that hate the republic, are trying to destroy the Constitution. And ultimately, let's be honest, at least for once, they're the ones that he just declared war on. And this one is so bad, folks, I'm just going to let it sit there and stink for as long as I think we can stand it anyway. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. Oh, I will ask, did you catch the projection there? Everything that we're really doing, we're going to blame on you. And if you don't like it, after we take your guns anyway, we might just kill you. We've proven we can destroy our political enemies. Hell, we raided the house of an ex-president based on a scam. Almost certainly, folks, to try to recover evidence of exactly how evil they were. And on the same night this speech was going on, Trump loyalist Steve Bannon was swatted for the second time this summer. There's a message for you. He followed that up with this set of whoppers. And no, I'm not going to refrain from comment at this point. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. No, not backwards. Back to when we had a Bill of Rights, to when elections mattered, to when a president actually acted like he cared about the people of the country, even if he really didn't. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose. You mean like what your children get taught in school? Do you mean like whether or not you have to be injected in order to have a job or go to the store with some immune system destroying mRNA poison? That kind of choice? Where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy. Oh, come on. No right to privacy. No right to keep and bear arms, no right to freedom of worship, of assembly. Oh, you get the picture, folks. No rights at all. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. I'll admit it, he just keeps getting more satanic. That may be the biggest set of stinking, feeded, whopping lies ever uttered in any American edifice in our history. The Gateway Pundit pointed out that President Trump, in referring to the remarks, described Biden as having, quote, late-stage dementia, and noted, why would anyone hate the concept of making America great again? Unless, of course, the goal is exactly the opposite. They also noted that the hashtag pedo Hitler is trending and pointed out that after the dark and threatening, what they're calling Moloch speech, any number of people pointed out it was a speech given in the style of a dictator, using the words of a dictator, with the demeanor of a dictator. But Darren Beatty, founder of The Revolver, put it this way, appearing with Steve Bannon on The War Room. When it comes to Biden's rhetoric, he said, quote, he doesn't talk that way about any foreign adversary. Show me a clip of Biden using that sort of language against China, against Russia, against Iran, against any of these alleged foreign adversaries. You can't, because his number one enemy is the American people, unquote. 
which is why he's willing to do anything. And I think it's now undeniable that means anything to starve them, to destroy their children, witness the poison poke, to kill them outright, again, uh, witness the poison poke, and then to disarm them so that they can finish the job. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. Wait a minute. If an AR-15 bullet is five times faster than anything an F-15 could fire, somebody's lying. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun? And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult. No matter how painful. So we stole the election. Get over it. You lost. Now we're going to steal your guns. Get over it. You're going to lose. And we intend to kill you. It does just keep getting more and more clear. And may Yahuwah bless you and yours. <laughs>